Welcome to episode 63 of the Glider CEO Podcast. I am your host, Mark Michael, broadcasting to you live at 3.58 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, November 21st, 2019, from another beautiful Seattle, sunny, on the Puget Sound day. Today's episode is simply titled Dev Hub. This is what I hope can be a definitive, up until this moment, definitive of our story, definitive of everything that goes into building a company, definitive in the sense that it's what's real for me and probably where a lot of this content comes from a lot of my inspiration for art that I want to do or projects that I pursue or what I would do after DevHub all of it is all connected to this and it's it's nuts so if you have potentially an hour or So, this is the podcast you want to listen to. So, I guess I should start from the beginning. Well, maybe I should start from... I'm trying to think where should I start from. What DevHub is today versus how we got to even here is a, I actually don't think it's a rare story. I just think it's a story that when potentially told in aggregate, it's easy to pull sound bites off and not hear the 12 fucking years of going into it, not alone everything that went into it before these 12 years. So I'm going to tell this version of the story. So most people when I talk to about DevHub, I start by saying, you know, do you know anything technical? And they're like, yeah, or no. And mainly what I'm talking about was, you know, when we go to places and stuff, everyone wants to know what you do. No one gives a shit about anything else anymore. And for the record, I love saying I own my own company. I love it. I don't want to work for nobody. I never wanted to work for anyone since I was 16 years old. 16, 17, I just was never going to work for anybody. It was just a done deal. My personality, a lot of it, I just was never going to do it. So here's the story of DevHub told as fast as possible uh, with as many details as I can tell you. And then I'm going to tell a lot more about it in a second. So ready? Here we go go I'm drawing a blank I've said it so many times here we go we raised a couple million bucks to do what it is we don't do today 
Uh, in 2010, when the money was running out, we took a step back from what we were trying to build and realized that all we had was a cool way to build websites, which was like not a cool thing to have in 2010. But because we raised money from what I consider seven of the greatest kind of VC slash angel investors between Seattle, LA, New York, and San Francisco, Daniel and I were never going to be the people that lost people's money. Toward the end of 2010, we basically had laid off, you know, 20-ish, 30-ish people, um, and it was just three, four of us left in the office. We had another founder that was with us, but not really, um, and uh, one other uh, long-haired dev named JT was with us and still with us today and we moved from about a couple thousand square foot office on the 10th floor down to the third floor uh, in the darkest hour in an October 2010 we got called from what anyone who's listening to this um, would know is like a traditional media company so think newspaper radio tv yellow page company that was like hey we see you're getting a ton of press on TechCrunch and GigaOM and VentureBeat and all this stuff because we were, I was really good at getting press. Um, telling you about how we gamified a website builder so that anyone can build sites and blah, blah, blah. And our engagement numbers were huge. The problem is the people we were getting to engage with our technology were not the people we were targeting. We were targeting bloggers who had a passion. Instead, we were getting small businesses who were signing up to build small business websites. By then we were almost out of our money that we had raised and you know we had nothing so when these large media company uh came calling one of the largest in north america came calling we were like holy shit like yes of course you can license it they're like we're gonna pay you six figures we're gonna pay you a monthly license fee um and we're like oh my god what are you what are you trying to do like well we want to bundle in digital products i.e websites alongside of our traditional ad sales so buy a yellow page ad or whatever, buy a radio ad, buy whatever. We're going to also build our small business customers' websites. We're like, holy shit, we can do this not just one time. We can do this all over the world. Totally fucking crazy wrong. And we had so many of our, at the time, were competitors of ours tell us, like, it's brutal. This space takes, you know, two years to close deals and they may never do anything. We're like, no, no, we're, you know, you're just telling us so we don't compete, blah, blah, blah. At that time, we, you know, we were in our, I think, mid to late 20s. I mean, what is it? I'm 37 now. So, and it's 37 minus... Shit, I was like 27 years old. So I'm like, nah, they're just trying to get us out of here. So sure enough, we signed the deal, kept the lights on for the rest of 2010. 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15. Don't quote me exactly. We raised money from some of the, or sorry, we closed almost, and I'm sort of lying, but almost every major media company on the planet, directly or indirectly, was using our platform to build small business sites. The problem was, even though our platform is fucking the best in the game to build small business sites, the problem is like, try going to build your own website right now. So a sales rep walks into a plumber and says, hey, I'm gonna build you a website. Sold the plumber, plumber's like, cool, great. Ask a plumber, ask a dry, dry cleaner, ask a donut shop, ask a restaurant, ask any small business, lawyer, office, accounting firm, name them, name it. Ask them to give them, ask them for their logo, ask them for content, ask them for imagery, ask them for anything. And it, you could get it right away or you can never get it. So we kept running into this problem that like, even though these huge media companies had thousands of reps on the ground, 
and they were selling. Don't forget, we only get paid when sites go live. So in those five years, Daniel, uh, my co-founder, who I don't think you've had on this podcast yet, uh, innovated the fuck out of the platform. We started doing spec sites. We started verticalizing stuff. So instead of walking into a plumber and being like, hey, what kind of site do you want? It's like, hey, we studied a bunch of sites. Here's what a great plumber site looks like. Huge phone number, form, mobile, works on mobile, and we've been mobile for fucking ever. Anyway, mobile and you don't need a map on your website so anyone selling you you need a map on your website isn't fucking doesn't know shit about building plumber sites because no one's driving to a fucking plumber 2000 so that happened so 2016 17 those worlds of the media um, space merging acquiring people splitting off and those people who were interacting with our software were like hey i'm now working with this brand that needs to build 3000 of something now or they've been on a legacy platform since 2007. They need to move over 14,000 of blank now. We're like, holy shit. So these are already live sites that all we need to do is move to our platform. We got fucking good at migrating sites to our platform across the ugliest technologies you've ever seen. Everything from fucking Oracle to Drupal shit to WordPress. We were moving it all over to our platform. I don't care what it was. We even in one time we migrated over like something that looked like a Geo Cities. At a right right around the same time, as people, um, a couple things were happening. Google kept changing the game on people. Right, first the game was sites need to be responsive and work on mobile. Second, it was like all sites need to be or people who are advertising their websites couldn't use like these other weird URLs called expanded text ads. Um, standard which we were ready for too so we had a bunch of migration for that and third was ssl certificate so we got a big waves of migration during those years and meanwhile people who are using our platform you know for brands were like yo we need to build a lot of stuff and as they started building a lot of sites or migrating a lot of sites to our platform they started like hey well we just want to spin up landing pages to drive traffic to blank so we're like well there's a lot of people doing that maybe we should like and it's the easiest product to sell because before, like, look at how long it's taking me right now to explain to you what DevHub does. Because DevHub doesn't give a fuck what kind of experience you're trying to build. A website, a landing page, as long as you're trying to build a lot and you know you're when you're with DevHub, you can, your website will never be out of date to any web standard. I don't care if it's an accessibility standard, a security standard, uh, if you're on the internet, um, um, GDPR standard doesn't fucking matter like we built a platform that was never going to be afraid of google so we split off this thing in may june ish of 2007 or 19 or 2017 called it rally mind rally mind is a way for marketers to build a lot of landing pages if you need to build under 10 landing pages that is um you can use lead pages, Unbounce, Instapage, WordPress, HubSpot, Marketo. We don't give a fuck. But when you need to build 20, 100, 1,000, which is what real marketers do, real marketers do. The reason they don't, or a lot of them don't, is because it's fucking hard to build a lot of landing pages. You're within a tool that's building in one off, but we made it fucking easy. We did integration with Google Sheets. Now you can scale landing pages. Easy as fuck. As people scale landing pages, now they want to do more to those sites. That's DevHub. At the end of the day, it's all DevHub's technology. And DevHub today, 
people are still using it to build what we call experiences, which are sites and landing pages. Sites being five plus pages, landing pages being anything under five, but you're using us to build a lot. We automated a bunch, scaled. We're all over the fucking world. I think it's, don't quote me, it's more or maybe one less. 13 different countries, 13 plus different languages we're, all, we're in right now. And we operated all from Seattle. And it's been nuts. And what I'm excited about with what DevHub can be is the fact that we're powering full-blown, in like in one industry, we're powering the top three competitors to the market leader. In another industry, we're powering the leader in that industry, in that, in that um, market. And then in the remaining media space, we power all of them. Like there's no one else. And these companies are all worth 400, 100, 200, 300 million dollars each. And DevHub is not today. We will be. And that is why you listen to this podcast. That is why um, I put together this podcast. That's why I document everything that I'm doing is that so no one can ever take away from the fact that we did not work our fucking ass off. Because people can say, I worked my ass off, but it's hard to see it, right? Between the filter of look how life my girl, look how great my life is, to the actual work, all people want to see is like how life is great. I want to show, holy shit, here is a documented entrepreneur on almost daily what they were thinking, what they were doing, every day and i think the one thing that comes across super consistent is that i'm just like always ready to fucking go every day all the emotional parts of running a business right i'm up i'm down i went through those between probably 19 20 21 22 23 24 25 26 27 crazy ups and downs when you're running a business i would say i was probably broke for most of those or just stupid right we make money we spend it you know like just dumb shit right i mean one of the biggest mistakes i ever made was bringing in people who i thought were uh smarter than me and that doesn't translate i get it whatever all i'm saying is that every time we got to a good place i'd bring in somebody to help us take it to the next level they just never did. And again, if that still doesn't translate, whatever. All I'm saying is that if you're a founder of a company, you're doing under $20 million in revenue, um, just know that you should be able to scale it to at least 5 to $10 million bucks with you totally at the helm. And unless you built something just to flip it, I mean, that's the other thing about this whole thing, right? We've been through so many. Anyway, I should keep it to DevHub. Um, so DevHub is all about building these experiences. And these experiences today that people are using us for are sites and landing pages, but we built something that can never, hopefully can never ever be uh, static based on where people are at. We've been ready for voice. None of our customers use us for voice. We've been ready for, I think we're ready for uh, augmented reality, but also augmented reality is really not there yet in a true business. I mean, you know, you being able to look up a product and see how it looks in your home, cool. We can display the landing page that you can buy that product on at the same time. No one's really there yet, still kind of out there. But the point is once, you know, and when we say data powered experiences on DevHub, what we're really talking about is data is feeding the experience, the logo, the image, the content, 
you know, the potential map, the form, the whatever the hell, the chat widget, the all of that shit is data. And it can be all simplified to one simple row on a spreadsheet. So with that, um, I'm taking a quick break. So my nephew just walked in, so I don't actually remember where I left off. Um, so let me jump to... So we started DevHub, it was 2007. So what's today? 2019 minus 2007, 12 years ago. 37 minus 12. So we started DevHub when I was 25 years old. So pre-DevHub, so right around 17, I went on a trip to uh, Palm Beach, Florida, or West Palm Beach, Florida, uh, with our then kind of high school girlfriends, me and my brother and my parents, and I think the girlfriends came. And um, something hit me so hard, and it was just that, and it's honestly Steve Jobs said it, which I found out later, you know, a couple many years later, that he also kind of said the same thing. I'm not saying that I'm Steve Jobs, I'm just saying like, you know, everything in this world is created by someone who is no smarter than you. And I don't remember whose house or what I saw or who was driving what or whatever. But all I remember thinking was, if Puff Daddy can do it, I can do it. If, and Phil, I don't know, at that time Puff Daddy was kind of like my guy. But fill in the blank. If blank can do it. I can do it. And I just never, from that moment at 17, I never, ever, 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 ever once believed there was nothing I could not do. Except then I went to college and I didn't want to go to college. I would have preferred just to keep running a company that we launched after we got back from that Florida trip, which was called boplop.com. Uh, it was me, uh, another guy, and another guy, both guys, one guy at basically he was a year older than me, told me he doesn't even want to run a business. He just wants to have a family and kids, which at the end of the day, I actually respect, right? Because that's what he wanted to do. I personally believe this guy had all the potential in the world. But you know what? If all that's being poured into having a family and kids, and that's what makes him happy, I shouldn't be in the one being like, you shouldn't do that. The other one, he was just a perfectionist and I still wish him the best, and I, I still sometimes see him from very various times. Um, but, you know, and then I met Daniel. Daniel was friends with um, the perfectionist. But Daniel and me clicked for this common goal of, like, wanting to produce, ship product, ship the solution, see the thing go live, um, and get paid. You know, I think, I think it's a really weird thing. People don't want to talk about money um, in business, especially when you're starting up. But a, a lot of, you know, of course you want to provide something of value. Of course you want to provide, you know, you know, like today, Mark at 37 is way less about the money than Mark at 25, 24, 23, 22, 21, 19. 
back then the money is a little bit motivating, right? Like, oh, you build a website and you sold it to one person for back then 200 bucks. You build another one, you sold it for 1500 bucks. I mean, that's literally, you know, how we kind of got into it. But as we're building websites for people and as the prices kept going up for websites, we were getting more and more into building more and more expensive sites, more and more expensive apps. Apps at the time were more kind of a weird hybrid between like the web and the razor phone. Um, and every time we would get save up enough money, we would we would do less client work and build out what we think would be like the next big startup, right? So we built one that was called Down Tonight, which was like this, you would select restaurants that you would want to go to or clubs that you would want to go to um, via the desktop. And every day at four o'clock or 3 p.m., you would get a text that says, here's what's going on at those places. And then also a heat map of what, uh, like, where girls were at, where guys were at, what place was the most popular, what area in the city had the most people in it, blah, blah, blah. And it worked flawlessly. Except we constantly always had this mindset, and I think a fuckload of people have this mindset. So hear this closely. Because you launch something that's cool as fuck, that everyone in the world is going to use it. The problem is, if no one knows about it, how the fuck are they going to use it? We had a bunch of users from Vegas to Vancouver to Toronto to, but we had no way to make money off of them. We hadn't raised any money, but we had brought on a guy uh, named Jeff Nuval, brought him on to like help us raise money. We didn't really raise any money with it. Jeff basically funded it because he used to work at Lehman Brothers and whatnot who I met Jeff through a childhood friend who I'm still friends with today and even remotely friends with Jeff Nuval too, even though it's a little weird for me. Um, and so after, yeah, so after down tonight, before down tonight, we built a wine thing called buyer's vine. Before that we built a thing called synapse life. Uh, there's still a commercial out there on YouTube. You can look up synapse life there's a commercial that pops up. Um, we built that. And... Uh, let me see. I'm just texting Daniel. We just got a deal. Oh, fuck. That's a significant deal. Pay attention. 4.36 p.m. 11.21.2019... Uh, sun has now more or less set in Seattle. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's set. Our people closed a deal without Daniel and I's involvement. It is, it is fucking magic. 37. The reason why this potential podcast, Dev Hub, and I'll probably end up doing it again and 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 again. And I love telling this story. All I'm really trying to capture is like right now in my office, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven black binders with years 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, 12, 13, 14. Thick binders of every fucking day. I, I've been alive at the office. I have written down what I'm working on. And 
what I hope comes across in this podcast and on my Instagram posts and just artwork I create or the, you know, what is DevHub is that this was truly, 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 truly hard work. And this is what it looked like. This is what it felt like. This is what it sounded like. This is all of it. And for the one person out there who's like itching to do the thing, but, you know, is confused about what results look like, the results are mixed. And that is the truth. And that's why when you hear people say, do what you love, it's a really fucked up thing because I love building shit that no one used. (laughs) So what are you going to, oh, yeah, you're just going to keep doing that. Maybe one day you're going to, like, maybe one day. It's like, no, you've got to, I mean, there's a reality behind this whole thing. You've got to make a life. Now where I'm at with the companies, I love making other people's life better, you know, if that's employees, if that's our customers, you know, I mean, that's where my head's at, right? At 25, I bet you this podcast, I wish I would have done it then. Because it was probably like, get money, fuck yeah, let's fucking go. I mean, it was just probably just crazy shit. I mean, and it's just not like that now. Mm. What's slightly fucked up about DevHub for me is sometimes I feel like I use it a little bit as a crutch. That I don't want to do much beyond DevHub because I want to prove everything that I'm putting into this podcast and all the podcasts and all those black binders and everything this is how I built this company and I 100,000% believe with every bone in my fucking body anything I do after DevHub or while DevHub continues to grow can be a success because I was there from the ground and again you know they always say like i think there i don't know if there's a saying around it but true entrepreneurs sometimes doing the thing the second thing or third thing they don't have the same result i can tell you the legacy of dev hub for our employees is what motivates me and of course customers but really the legacy of the, the next company is truly my legacy I want that to be the, the my gift, my gift to the world, right? This is my gift to employees, our shareholders, myself a little bit, whatever. But my next company, that will be a gift to the world. And um, if I get that lucky, right? If I'd never get to my next company, I just want you to know that I loved DevHub. 1121, 4.40 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 2019. I love DevHub. For everything that it is, was, and where it's going. It's the greatest company on planet Earth. And again, founders, employees, you know, other CEOs, you should be able to hear this tone from them. Like, that love is, like, a real thing, you know? And so, yeah. Hopefully that was all captured on this podcast. Um, 
you know, DevHub is a beast. DevHub just closed a deal while I was on this phone. DevHub has provided me such clarity on how the world works in business and life and people and human and all of it, all of it, all of it, all of it, you know. Do I think DevHub can change the world? Obviously, in the very back of my mind, the answer is fuck yeah, I can. You know, do I think it will? I mean, it will change the lives of our employees. Let me just put it that way. It will change the lives of our customers. So if the answer to both those things is yes, and, do I, and does that mean DevHub changed the world? Then yes. You know, does it change the world socially? No. You know, will it ever be a skit on SNL? Fuck no. Um, at least I don't think so. Unless we do something infamous, I guess. So, with that, this is the Dev Hub episode. And while it might not be the last one, I want it to be that flag in the ground or line, not line in the sand, the flag in the ground, plant, planting it on the journey of Dev Hub. You know, this was the one that was in November. Maybe I'll do it every month. Maybe I'll do it again in a year. And if it sounds differently or I left out details or as I remember things or as more things happen, um, cool. I mean, there's so much I can say about DevHub. It's just crazy. Like One of the thoughts that came to me just now in thinking about what would be the next episode is like how like some months you're just like, what the fuck is going to happen this month? Like, good, bad, whatever. And a lot of times, obviously, there's probably a negative uh, hint to it all. Like, you're like, what the fuck's going to happen? Like, what? Who, who's going to come at us? What's going to come at us? And the month is just totally different. It's all positive. You know, I would say the one, the one thought on this November 21st that I'm thinking of for this specific episode is I would want my parents to see the success of this one. This one, DevHub, will be. They already believe it is. Most people probably believe it is. But I want them to see it really big. Like, really big. And that motivates the fuck out of me. Not for anything, not for... It just motivates me. So, anyway, thanks for tuning into this podcast. You know, it's a, it's probably, I mean, you know, honestly, it's not that long. So, you should be able to squeeze at least two miles out of this specific podcast. If you're very slow, two miles. If you're decently fast, you might be able to squeeze four. So, thanks for tuning in, and peace.